fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into the Locked On Auburn podcast. We're going to have a good day today, folks, despite whatever we watched last night for that Auburn basketball matchup. Yikes! Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 1067 will join me in just a moment. We're going to talk a little Auburn basketball. I've got a lot of football uh, questions. I'm also going to ask him to, uh, to get into a time machine and tell us uh, what the future holds. So he doesn't know that, um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how he responds to that. I just got the thumbs up from him, so fantastic. Before we jump into it, uh, I'm pumped uh, to give a shout-out to our friends at Nyko Sports. They've, uh, they only have a few left, and I've had a few listeners send me pictures of the, the Bruce Pearl signed basketball. It's got the, uh, the Auburn Tigers logo in, um, in the interlocking AU, as well as a signature from Coach Bruce Pearl and Nyko Sports. They're the real deal. They provide you with a certificate of authenticity, as well as a picture of Bruce Pearl signing the actual basketball, so you know it's legit. Auburn basketball uh, autographed by Coach Bruce Pearl. It's only four, uh, excuse me, $149.95, and you have to call 1-800-345-2868 right away. There's only a few left. 1-800-345-2868. You can also order online at nikosports.com. That is N-I-K-C-O, N-I-K-C-O, sports.com. And make sure to mention Locked on Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Justin Ferguson of The Athletic. It's been way too long since you've been on the show. I appreciate yeah. you appreciate you hanging out and uh, coming a little bit early uh, into the studio today. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Auburn basketball scoring 55 points against Georgia. That is not good. Not good at all. And uh, yeah, the, one of the funny things is we kept talking about it yesterday on, on, uh, on the lunch break. We came in and we were like, all right, if they play better defense, they should be fine. And it was like, okay, they played better defense. <laughs> so the offense was a problem. And I think we're, I think we're really finding out that Isaac Okoro not only is the best player on the team, but I think his two-way impact has been really diminished because a lot of people thought, okay, well, he wasn't on the floor against Missouri. Their defense suffered. His offensive game, even if he's not a really high high volume scorer, his offensive game changes a lot for this team, and it's been very evident. Did, does that surprise you? It surprises me more on the offensive side of yeah. the defense. No, I expected the defense to take a step back. But. Yeah, I mean, there there there's some things that you know when seeing the way Auburn played last night, they 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 couldn't get anything going on offense. Like a few of their only like a few of their uh, shots were uh, makes were off of assists. Like they only had like five or six assists in the whole game. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. And it's like, well, Okoro did two things for you in that aspect. One, his passing is really, really good. Yeah. And he's a great playmaker with the ball in his hands. And not to say that Javon McCormick and Samir Dowdy aren't. It's just like when you put a third guy who can handle the ball like he can on the floor, it changes a lot. And also, he was also the other guy who was just would be, all right, offense isn't working right now. Go get a bucket. Go get to the free throw line. Go do something. You're the best player on this floor. Go get. Go do it. How many times have we seen Armour do that over over again? And now they just can't do that. Right. And so now you're running into a spot where you don't have one of your best playmakers on the floor and you don't have one of your best guys that is just like 
as good as McCormick and Dowdy and, and even guys like Wiley have been this season, Okoro's one of the few dudes on the floor and one of the few dudes in the SEC that you can just say, all right, go score, go do something. Right. And, and, and that's, a, that's a luxury that you don't have right now. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of Auburn fans kind of out there saying, well, we should just mail it in this year, oh, you know, no. next year's. Okoro's coming back soon. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be out for another week or so. I think they should be cautious with him. Bruce Pearl may be more eager to get him back. And, of course, the medical staff's going to know a lot yeah. more about his hamstring than, than we will just watching it. But I still think this Auburn team is good. They just, yeah. They're just they missing their best player, and obviously you're going to take a step back. Yeah, they're missing their best player. And then it's like everyone's going to harp on, like, oh, well, they can't win away from home. And last night I pointed out, like, the last two games have been bad, but like they've beaten some quality teams away from home this year. If you start looking at, especially in the in the non conference, when you were beating teams like a team like Richmond, uh, you beat sure. you beat a team like St. Louis, who is who is. I mean, if St. Louis could shoot free throws, they would be like a team that a lot of people, more people, were talking yeah. about. Technically neutral, even though yeah. it's in Birmingham, right, 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 sure, away from Auburn Arena because yeah. that's the only place where they're really shooting the ball well, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State, that's not an easy place. Uh, Arkansas has not been an easy place to win that, this year. That Ole Miss win looks better now than it did yeah, at the time. It, it, it very much does. So the weird thing is that they played two of their worst teams in the SEC play this year, and they've lost to both of them. Mm-hmm. And that is an issue. But you can point out to the fact that, oh, they weren't able to do what they've done so many times before and battle back and win because they don't have their key battler, you should say, coming yeah, back. Because right. how many times in those comebacks or even in the Kentucky game when they were trying to hold on to a lead, they just said, all right, Go to the basket. Go, mm-hmm. go give core the ball, get out of his way, and then see if he can create or score off of that. They don't have that right now, and that's that's been a really big big issue. All right, we'll, uh, we'll circle back. We'll do some listener questions at the end of the show that are basketball-related, right. but I want to pivot to football. I have a few questions about some of the hires that Auburn has made over the last few weeks, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've, you've followed all this because you're really good at what you do. So Thank you. They added uh, Will Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be a senior offensive analyst. He's going to work with quarterbacks. Followed Chad Morris around the last five years, is my understanding. And then a guy, uh, Ross Newton, who's going to be a longtime Samford guy, director of high school relations. Do these hires matter? Yeah, they do. Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like it's a very behind the scenes thing for those guys. Like, is it going to be the difference in winning and losing? Probably not. But like it, the one thing about the 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 hire of the analyst, the analyst side is that. That's another another point out that that this is Chad Morris's offense and he's getting in people he trusts and I think sure. one of the big things you po- we pointed out when Jack Bicknell got hired and one of the things Gus said when we talked to him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl about it is when they hired Bicknell that's a guy who has no connections to Gus mm-hmm. doesn't really have any connections to Chad Morris however Malzahn specifically mentioned when we were talking to him that he's like hey this is a guy that Chad really liked in the interview interview process so I was like okay that's a sign that his fingerprints are on it when he brings an analyst that has followed him around it's like okay you know more often in the past it would be those would be Malzahn guys it'd be guys that he pointed out and he got well now it's a or guy guys that were uh, that coached for Auburn like 10 years ago coming right, back it's kind right. of what we've seen a lot right and so this is kind of just a breaking from the norm a little bit um, and I think it just shows even further that Morris has got kind of a that control of the offense at this point, and we'll see how that actually plays out in the season. But right now, setting it up, it looks all right. Director of high school opera, uh, high school relations, like that. That was like uh, like Doug Goodwin was here for a while, and he did a lot of he did a lot of big time behind the scenes work. And it's it's really big when you start looking at recruiting, especially when you get a guy from Sanford recruiting in this state. And that's going to be big right right away. Like, did they bring him in because of Birmingham? Is is that that'll why they help. did that? That'll okay. th- that'll help. Um, but having having those connections with high school coaches 
all around the state of Alabama, and then you can go into Georgia and, uh, and other places as well. But in-state, I think this is another sign that in-state is such a priority for them right now. You bring in Al Pogue, who has deep ties to recruiting in the state of Alabama, being a Mobile guy, being a guy who was in the Montgomery area for forever as a high school coach, being a guy who recruited at Troy. Well, then you bring in a guy in Birmingham. Look at look at this state. Look, just look in the 2021 class right now. Three five stars in it. Auburn's already got one of them. Mm-hmm. They're they're supposed to be that either, Lee Hunter. Yeah, Lee Hunter, okay. the defensive tackle, and then the the two other ones. Um, they're either in the lead or said to be like in the mix for the other two guys. There, are, I think, I think there are ten. I think there are ten or eleven blue chip guys in the state of Alabama this year. Auburn's in the mix for all of them. Yeah. Several of those guys, those high four star guys, are in Birmingham. Getting those high, getting those relationships is just something that you can build on and build on and build on especially for a team like Auburn where there's so much of their recruiting is relationship based where you can go in and and we see it a lot in basketball but I think football you see it more and more now these days is like you go in and get a 2018 kid from a high school well his teammate that might be a little bit better than him in 2019 or 2020 they're going to be more willing to like right. consider Auburn that's the kind of building up that you're saying I, I think when you hire this particular hire, being his background, being in Bur- in Birmingham and Sanford in that area, just goes to show that they're really making in-state recruiting a priority. Auburn recruited so well in Georgia. They're yeah. recruiting well within the state. They have done well in Mississippi mm-hmm. with, with staff changes and guys leaving. Do you expect there to be a step back in the state of Mississippi? Because Woodson was all over that state, w- Woodson, right? Woodson got, like, kicked the door down. And part of the reason why Auburn... Uh, part of the reason why Auburn hired him in the first place is his first year at Auburn was the year where Mississippi had their best high school class maybe ever. Right. And Auburn took advantage, uh, getting Jaron Handy, getting Derek Hall. You know, last last year they go and get JJ Pegues out of uh, out of uh, Ole Miss this in this cycle. Um, I I don't know if it's going to be as big of a priority moving forward. I don't think the talent level is going to be quite the same, but. One of the things to keep in mind there, and it was something that I talked about with Marcus a few times when he was on the when you know we would go have these interviews with him on the road. The two times a year you get to talk the to two times a year yeah. you get to, when we would talk about the state of Mississippi. He was talking about one of the big things he wanted to do, and I think this is something that lasts. Is he comes in and says, "Hey, I'm walking into a high school. I know every high school coach in the state. I'm coming in here with Auburn stuff. Well, these kids are now going to start thinking, oh, Auburn's a place I can go, and they can go see that.'" Guys like Derek Hall, guys like Jaron Handy, go from Mississippi to Auburn and and have success. Mm-hmm. Even though Marcus Woodson's not there, Auburn is now a player in Mississippi. They have a th- that door's been open, I, I should say. So I don't know if it's going to be quite as high of a priority. But if there's guys in Mississippi that they want, and I think there might be a one or two of them in this 2021 class, they're going to at least be able to go into the door because of the work Woodson did. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, obviously, they made some pretty yeah. big splashes. So I'm curious to see how they're going to do recruiting better throughout Mississippi. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think Kiffin's going to have to make a high priority of trying to lock down as much in-state talent as possible. We'll see with Leach because I think Leach, is gonna, because of the air raid, he's going to be able to be pickier and be able to kind of drink. He's going to be able to bring in like guys who more fit the air raid just from the region. But I think Ole Miss, if Ole Miss wants to, wants to really – hammer home something just go in and say hey all these mississippi kids they're ours and that's honestly that's what hugh freeze did for a while and the trouble came when it was certain guys from georgia and florida and and elsewhere that they were picking up Justin, i want to put you in a time machine all right all right you have just popped up four years into the future Mm -hmm. and i want you to tell me how the career went in auburn for uh, a newcomer that is about to get going 
Mm. Not hearing a whole lot of talk about this guy, but I think his recruitment is fascinating that he's yeah. already on campus. Quarterback, Shail Garnett. Yeah. What do you expect his career to be? Well, that's a that's a fascinating question. And my, my big thing with Garnett is I'm looking at him in 2022 to be one of those guys like after Bo. After Bo. Yeah. I think he's a I think he is a Malik Willis 2.0 where you bring him in knowing that there are things he's gonna have to work on, throwing the ball uh, specific, specifically. One of the interesting things about Chael Garnett, um, and I've had some, I've talked to some um, recruiting guys who, some guys who cover recruiting at Auburn, who are a whole lot smarter about this than than I am, and know these guys more. One of the interesting things about Garnett was he he transferred to uh, Lakeland High School his senior year. Lakeland ran like an I formation, like power football, and right. it just did not fit his game. He had to kind of work on his his throwing a little bit more. This dude is a blur of an athlete. He can run. Um, he, he's very effective with it with, with as a as a playmaker with the ball in his hands. I think when you're looking at Garnett, they got him because they needed a quarterback. They needed at the very minimum you needed a third quarter scholarship quarterback sure. for this season. I think he's a developmental piece that if he gets under Chad Morris and learns for these next two years and learns behind Bo Nix, I think he's a guy who can compete in 2022 because. When we start thinking about what's the future looking like past Bo Nix, and say Bo Nix is Well, I thought the a, answer was McLaughlin, but now that he's, right? he's pulled away, it's like, does Garnett have a chance? And what's the fascinating thing about McLaughlin is that I think Auburn kind of pulled away from him a little bit, and it was a mutual, it ended up being a mutual thing. I think part of it is that they're making a higher priority on these guys who can run. And McLaughlin had pretty good like – he could move around pretty well for a pocket passer, just not quite, quite a fast guy. You look at the guys they've been – They've been uh, since Morris came on board. The guys they've been offering these are true dual threats. And I know Bo Nix isn't necessarily the guy who's going to run for a thousand yards a year, but that ability to move and and be a weapon in the in the zone read is going to be key. I think he's going to be in the mix because right now there's no like Bo Nix was Bo Nix. When you bring in a guy like like Bo Nix as a five star, you know okay he's going to start at some point. Yeah, he's going to be the guy. You project the future right now for Auburn. There's no can't miss like this is the dude at quarterback at, at the moment so I think Garnett's going to be able to get in the mix will he ever emerge as a starter I don't know like that's that's a really t- a really tough question but I think when Bo Nix gets towards the end of his time at Auburn or after his time ends at Auburn I think Garnett's going to be a guy who's going to be in the mix and it's going to kind of be like Malik Willis in the fact that unless Auburn goes and gets a transfer or something like that to kind of push him back I think there's a lot of a lot of potential for him to grow. I know Malzahn really likes this guy. Sure. And I think he's got the tools. He's just got to round it all into be, being a more polished quarterback. Well, a three-star kid from Florida, I, I know when I used to chat with your former co-worker, Benjamin Wolf, yeah. who was doing all the recruiting stuff uh, back when, when SEC Country was a thing, where he would say a three-star guy, I think he said this when we were talking about Sean Shivers, but like a three-star guy in Florida is a four-star guy at a lot of places. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you think that could be any truth could be. to this? Could could be for sure. I mean, he was a lower-rated guy, and I just think when you look at his his skill set, he looks like a dude who can be a pretty good playmaker. I just think it's going to be polished. It's going to be polished at the SEC level. Can he round himself into being a quarterback? The good news is, is that you take a quarterback like him and think, okay, maybe in two or three years he could be a guy who could be the guy. Um because you can do that when you have a five-star quarterback who's at least got two more years left as a starter ahead of him, and so I think this was a smart, I think this is a smart pickup for 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 Auburn, and he's a project. I think that if it works out, it can work out in a really big way, kind of like what people were thought, thinking about with Malik Willis, yeah, you know, before his departure. Sure, is there a guy, a newcomer coming into this class or coming onto the team from this class that 
isn't getting a lot of chatter that you say, hey, why is no one talking about this guy? Because I think anytime you bring in a quarterback, it's interesting. My other guy is Romello Height. For some reason, mm. I, I think he has all the upside in the world, despite being a three-star. But you know, once again, uh, I got, Flo- he's a South Florida three-star, too. That's what I'm Miami saying, area. man. Yeah. That's what I'm, and like, he's 6'5". He's got a crazy burst. He's skinny. They're going to have to put some meat on him, but... That's a he guy looks very Big Cat Bryant-ish when Br- Big Cat came out of high school. Totally, yeah, 100%. So, and, I, and I think Big Cat's about to explode this year. So I, I oh, think, for sure. I, if that's a comparison, I think Auburn fans take it. Um, You know, my, my it's, not that he, it's not that he is not getting enough love. Um, I, I think people are paying attention to him. But just because he's an early enrollee, and I think there's a lot of people who are talking about the passing game and, and, the, and Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stove, all those guys being back – some of those younger receivers, I, I think people need to be talking a little bit more about Kobe Hudson. Yeah, because he's enrolled early. This is a dude who's committed to Auburn for a long time. I think he's boring because he's been committed for so long. That's part of it, and people are kind of people are kind of over. Oh yeah, Kobe Hudson. Like yeah, we we know we've had him for a while. Yeah, top one hundred player, um, a, a, an incredible athlete with a ball a ball in his hands. He was a quarterback the last couple of years. Um, he he just uh, you look at him on film and just you can see kind of the making the plays after the catch is where he's going to be uh, a big-time impact. And I think, yes, the other guys, Auburn made a priority of wide receiver in length. You look at Xavier Capers, and you look at J.J. Evans, sure. and, you, and you look at Elijah Canyon. Those guys are big dudes and want to stretch the field and, and go get one-on-one opportunities. Those are the guys Auburn wanted. But they still took Hudson, even though he's part of the shorter, shiftier kind of group, um, I, I just because he's just a really good playmaker. And the fact that he's enrolled early and the other guys aren't, I think is going to give him a head start. Those slot positions are going to be open. There's no more Will Hastings. There's no more. Can uh, he pass Matthew Hill in playing time? He could because here's my thing. Like I, I'm, I've been on the Matthew Hill train for a while. Are you I, getting off of it? No, I'm not because okay. I think here's my. I've, thi- got, I've gotten off of it. But my thing with Matthew Hill is that he's got to be able to put it all together. But one of the things that stands out to me about Matthew Hill is that this is a guy last year who was like the special teams MVP like five times, six times, um, and like working hard in special teams and doing that gets you more attention like it'll give you opportunities but look man Hudson could come in and if he puts it all together early I think something's something's off right now with 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 Hill and that it's not he's not getting as many opportunities but look with uh Hastings gone with with Sal Canella gone with some of these other dudes coming up another thing to keep in mind with Anthony Schwartz not being in spring ball these these other receivers besides Seth Williams are going to get a lot of opportunities Cubby Hudson is the is the new guy on the block and I think I mean, I, I I think he's going to be be a big time playmaker. I think he could be a slot guy right away, and another dude you could run on sweeps. I think he could be like an Eli Stove type. You know how Eli made that impact when he was a freshman. I think I see a lot of similarities to him and Hudson. Sure, sure. Uh, and just a second, we're going to get Justin's thoughts on a few listener questions that are um, two specifically that are uh, all about Auburn basketball. And let, let's give a quick nod to the hero of Auburn basketball, Coach Bruce Pearl, the only coach in the history of the program to take Auburn to a Final Four. And our friends at Nyko Sports are moving some Coach Bruce Pearl autographed basketballs from Nyko Sports. They're the best memorabilia to have. Uh, and this is the best mem- memorabilia to have for Auburn basketball fans. They are a limited edition for only $149.95. There are less than like 15 left. So call now at 1-800-345-2868. Any Auburn fan deserves one of these now. 1-800-345-2868. Or go to nikosports.com. That is N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And mention that Locked On Auburn sent you. Great gift for any 
Auburn Tiger fan. All right, Justin, I've got uh, I've got two questions for you. Well, the first one is from Frank on Twitter. If Auburn lands Jalen Green, will it be the biggest recruit in Auburn history? Yes, yes. This is a guy who, if you if you don't know a whole lot about Jalen Green, he is number three. Uh, he's the number three player by twenty four seven, and that is the lowest anyone has him. He's number two in rivals, number one in ESPN. This is a guy that was so talented and so and people thought was NBA ready right out of high school. Yeah. Um, that there was a really I mean, there were a lot of talk for a while that he was going to go play in Australia or was going to go play in China or he was gonna he was gonna do that route for a year before and like, Europe is still on the table for him, right? He has said he's going to college. Okay. Like his his family has said he's gonna go go to college. I think Auburn picking up steam right here uh, at this juncture is huge. A lot of predictions have come in for Auburn this past few days. And and, and guys who really, really know recruiting, um that that have done it, Jerry Meyer at twenty four seven was one that one of their big insiders. I when he put his down, Auburn Twitter exploded. Yeah, and they should have <laughs> yeah. because now you're at the point where where you're looking at a guy that some people thought could have been like if the NBA if you could have gone in at 18, if the one-and-done rule wasn't a thing, Jalen Green would be a guy who, was, who would be in the mix. And as good as Sharif Cooper is, and as great as Isaac Coro is, you can go to Mustafa Heron and all those guys, you haven't had a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And so, man, it is, it is going to be uh, – it would be monumental for the program at that point. And then you think about him and Cooper playing in the same backcourt uh, next season – Auburn still got to figure out what they're going to do down low, but there's a lot. Right. Of, there's a lot of potential where you can just say, "All right, we have two of the, you know, two of the, honestly, two of the seven or eight best guards in the country playing play at the same time." Unreal. Who would you say the best recruit is in Auburn history right now? I know as far as ratings and when Auburn got him, like Byron Coward was a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking as far as like that's the last number one player that Auburn's gotten mm-hmm. in anything. Hmm. I mean, this is a this is a really good question because I. Uh, when you look at football, Auburn has never really been the team that like goes and gets these like top ten guys a right. ton. Um, Michael Dyer was a big deal. Dyer was a huge deal, honestly. And I think there's some recency bias because he ends up he ended up being worth, worth the hype. Uh, Derek Brown was like number seven or number eight in the country in his class. Yeah, and he was number one in Georgia. That was a big deal. Number one in Georgia. Georgia really wanted him. the The problem with Derek Brown, and it ended up being like a fair a really fair assumption is like he was the number seven or eight player in the class and like the number six defensive lineman in the class. That's the mm. that's the uh that's the Nick Bosa and Rashawn Gary and Ed Oliver class. Right. And they all uh, just got drafted last year. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> sure. yeah, they're all like, you know, they're all easy first round guys. Um that might be it. Like Cowart was Cowart, I think, was the was the bigger one there. But like even Cowart had some like he was one on ESPN, but I think it might have been twenty four seven or rivals had him like in the twenties or the thirties. Yeah. To be a consensus Oh, this dude is real good. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's stuff. Dyer might be the really the last one where you just like everybody in the country knew he was one of at least two or three of the best backs. He was in that class it, it of was, late. It was him and Marshawn Latimer. Yeah, yep. And uh and uh, uh Marcus Latimore. Uh, uh and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh Lacey Strunk was in that class as well. Oh yeah. yeah. And Auburn was in the running for all three of them at right. one point. Ended up only getting Dyer. They got all they got all they wanted out of Dyer in that first year, and then it didn't it didn't it didn't end really well for him. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, that it is it is crazy. But to be a consensus guy like that, especially in a, a sport like basketball, where one guy can mean so much. Yeah, um, it's it, it's it's, it'd it's be pretty, a big deal. It'd be it would be one it would be one of the biggest things I think we've ever seen at Auburn. All right, last question. Road to Glory Commish on Twitter asks. 
uh, about young players that played last night and, and just kind of what your thoughts are moving forward with some of these young guys yeah. for Auburn basketball. I thought Jalen Williams looked really good. Um, I think a lot of people have been kind of clamoring for him to get some more minutes. The problem is it's a little tough for him um, because he plays a position that Daniel Purifoy – like he's a four. I don't know if he's really – he could have really helped if you were if he was a three, and maybe you could knock Purifoy down to the three with the Coro out and play mm-hmm. Williams a little bit more. But when you look at Purifoy being ahead of him, he's got three seniors, and then you get Wiley Macklemore all ahead of him. It's gonna be always gonna be hard. It's the same thing with Stretch Agambola. Like mm-hmm. always gonna be tough for those guys to get on the floor. But I think Jalen Williams' offensive game is pretty impressive. He is a true. He's a great athlete, but he's also got a really good face up game for a young age. Um, I think he's I think he's a guy to really watch next season. We talk about that green, possible green, uh, the, the the green Cooper backcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw uh, throw Devin Cambridge at the three, put Jalen Williams at the four, and then figure out what you're doing at the five. Like that is a that is a nasty athletic team. Um, I guess can, you'd have to put with the current you, roster. With you'd the have current to put roster, there, right? you have stretch. Um, and the other thing, somebody asked me about this, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here. That's but, fine. Um, somebody asked me this in the mailbag that's going up on Friday morning at the athletic. Like, what are they doing with the big man band recruiting? Uh, I'm gonna butcher this dude's name um cliff omaroyi i believe his name from okay. new jersey he officially visited uh back in september or october uh he's auburn's still in the mix for him he's this is a seven footer guy yeah he's yeah from, he's from new jersey he's uh i think he's the number five center in the country you know missing walker kessler hurt because like there's only a few skilled big men that you can get in every class but he's a guy that i think you could also keep in mind as well other than that like Auburn might might be best served to go get a grad transfer or, or somebody with some experience down low and be like, "Hey, come play for a team that is going to." It's have. like we're close. Yeah, like we're, we're close. We're, come we're, help us get we're there. The, kind of we're thing. knocking on the door. Um, I think Stretch Agonbola has got a lot of upside, but it's just gonna it's, it's just gonna take a little bit more time with him. Uh, but I really think if you stepped out of it last night, I think Auburn fans can be like, "Hey, if you want to take a positive way, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams looks like a dude who can be really really effective long term." It's just the the current the the when this team's fully healthy, it's just there's not a pathway for him to get a lot of minutes. You've been putting up uh, some awesome content at the Athletic. Um, what is your favorite story that you've written in the past few weeks? Any one of them particularly stand out to you, or something coming up? Yeah, um, I think I think one of my my favorite ones that I've done recently is just kind of digging into the. Um, digging into the roster and kind of ranking like all right what's gonna be the strength of this Auburn team in 20 because there's so much change has happened last year we kind of knew what we what would the strength of Auburn was going to be right so breaking it down by the talent and the experience coming back and doing all that and just really digging into the numbers you know just trying to give folks something here in the offseason that they're not going to get anywhere else and so I feel like that's kind of like if you're on the fence or you're wondering okay what what is the athletic or what is the Auburn coverage of the athletic all about I would point to like that's the kind of stuff that we're going to try to get, try to get out to. So, and a lot of people enjoyed it. So, I think that's a, I think that's the one I'm going to. And we got mailbag coming up tomorrow, and that's that's always a fun time for everyone involved. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know you guys were running a deal where it was like 50 percent off for the it's first fo- year. It's uh, it's 40 percent off. 40 now. 40 percent off right now. Um, I can't remember the link off the top of my head, but if you go to the website theathletic.com, you'll be able to find it very easily. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time this morning. And if you're listening, you should go subscribe to the Athletic. Yes, please. Please, I I would like to stay employed. (laughs) That is Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 106.7. Thank you so much, sir. Be sure to tune in as we wrap up our week together tomorrow. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day.